Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... The World According to Gus with Reverend Charles Edwards. Welcome to The World According to Gus. I'm your host, Charles Eduardos, and we are looking forward to having an awesome time today on our program. Today, our guest, well, my guest, we have one, and uh, looking forward to having uh, this young lady back with us with another person to talk about some really fascinating things, so I'm getting out ahead of myself. But my guest today is Jerry Fathauer, who is just an amazing woman who has amazing accomplishments, and we're going to be talking about the Enneagram, a tool for self-discovery, for growth, and for transformation. So, with that being said, let me bring in our special guest today, uh, Ms. Jerry Fathauer, and <laughs> blink, blink. Hi, how are you, Jerry? Good morning, Good morning Charles. Welcome to the program. I, um, I'm just so excited to have you on. Uh, just a little background for our audience. I uh, kind of met you out of my spontaneity, my seven sticking out, and, and uh, uh, I am a seven on the Enneagram for the audience, and um, I was looking for information about the Enneagram in my local area and came across Jerry and found that she had a group going and um, showed up for the group, and our relationship has grown from there, and I've learned so much from her and with the narrative tradition that Jerry will share more about uh, how that works and how we in the group kind of teach each other. And I've noticed her say things like, thank you to different people within the group as they share their experience of their personality type and how it works with them. And Jerry responds with, thank you for teaching us. And I just found that so amazing. But this is part of how the narrative tradition works. So Jerry, welcome. Tell us who you are. Um, tell us how you came to be who you are. Thank you, Charles. I am an explorer. Mm. I, I think I always have been from a young age. And uh, my background really is in the arts, especially in music. I tell people music is who I am. And in fact, we are all vibration, which I didn't know initially in music, but we are all vibration, which gets more into the energy aspect of my work. I'm also an Enneagram teacher. I'm a certified Enneagram teacher in the narrative tradition, as you have said. And what that means is that we learn, we teach and learn the Enneagram by exemplars. So there are panels of people of a given type, and I'll back up in a moment and talk about those types, and, and each individual talks about what it is like to live from an experience being that type. I lead with type three, you mentioned you lead with type seven, and so that, that the, the class gets to learn from that individual as well as from written and reading material. There's a vast array of books that have been written since the 70s on the Enneagram itself. So at any rate, um, I love this because it teaches people compassion. There are nine types in the Enneagram, and it teaches people compassion for those eight other ways of viewing the world. So I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to back up. The Enneagram is a system of understanding people in the world, works in all languages and cultures, based on where people's attention goes and what motivates or organizes them. Often our motivations are unconscious. So the Enneagram begins to shine a light on unconscious behaviors and motivations and begins to explain reactivity. 
many other things that it does, but it is actually uh, a system that helps people to see their blind spots. Right. And to understand themselves better, and as well as to understand others in the world. Right. Just to kind of to back up a little bit with some of the history too, um, how, well, the Enneagram is, is ancient and, and for all intents and purposes, my understanding is nobody knows exactly where it originated, but it was kind of brought back uh, in our more contemporary times uh, through the work of um, George Ivanovich Gurdjieff, and there are some different uh, approaches that he took, and pretty much his major contribution to the Enneagram of Personality was the the three types, which we'll get into as well. But then um, Oscar Ichazo uh, from Bolivia was the one that kind of brought, was the beginnings of the uh, Enneagram uh, personality types and uh he and claudio narano are the ones that brought it into uh north america and into our uh, more recent western traditions it, it, and not to belabor that but um was there anything around the history of enneagram coming in uh that struck you that you would want to comment on thank you for that that history uh, yes, uh, Gurdjieff actually worked with, he was interested in, among many things, the evolution of consciousness, as I right. understand, the Turkish-Armenian philosopher, and he actually created, um, learned from Sufis and other Eastern traditions, right. what we now call the Enneagram. I've been told in the history that it may be 2,000 to 4,000 years old, and it was originally danced. So Gurdjieff, right. appreciating the energy of each of the nine types, created a nine-pointed star. Ennea is a Greek word for nine, and gram, grammos, is symbol. So the Enneagram is actually the symbol of a nine-pointed star inside a circle. Mm -hmm. And he would have people stand on those points, and actually he called it his nine-pointed process, and experience the energy of the type. And I'm probably not doing his process justice, but that's a brief thumbnail sketch. And then as you say, Chazo took some work of a fourth century desert father monk named Vagrius and mapped that onto Gurdjieff's process. And then Naranya was the one who brought all of this knowledge to the United States and I believe the early 70s in California and it spread, uh, North America is more accurate, it spread from there. So because I have such an interest in rhythm and energy and process, a uh, process of self-discovery, taking responsibility for myself, uh, higher consciousness, if you will, self-awareness, um, when I stumbled across the Enneagram in this particular history, it was like I had come home. Mm. So I hope I'm answering your question about no, absolutely. history. <laughs> Uh, Naranyo also is given credit for this narrative process because he was the first to use the panel method that I've already mentioned, whereby we get to learn from exemplars of the type itself. Yeah, yeah, wow. It, it is so fascinating, which is one of the reasons that when I uh, first approached you, I said, would you be willing to do more than one program? Because I'm, I know this is, you know, there's so much to this and so much to the understanding of it. Um, does it make sense? You've, are you, or would you be comfortable with, let's just kind of go around the circle uh, and kind of a, a quick little uh, snapshot of each one of the types and then um, we can look at how those are influenced by, you know, d d by the integration, disintegration. Uh, there, there's so many um, aspects of how the Enneagram works, which is one of the reasons that I love it, because it just doesn't take a person and put them in a box as a particular type there uh it's it's a flow of energy and it's nuanced by um i think it was one of the it was either uh hudson or rizzo who uh along with um and that's a, a, the other part of the history i'm getting ahead of myself um 
and I'll just back up and say Dave Daniels and Helen Palmer are the authors of the narrative tradition that you uh, basically follow, correct? That's correct, Charles. They are the founders of the Enneagram Professional Training Program, which is the program through which I certified. And they have both written books, Helen Palmer's um, The Enneagram. I think it's simply called The Enneagram is one of the original books in the late 70s. It's been translated in over 30 languages. So yes, and they, they are my teachers and mentors. Helen is still teaching some. David Daniels passed on a little over a year ago. Yeah. I'm going to start to answer your questions. This I'm going to show. I don't know if this is going to be legible at oh, all. Oh, yes, great. Because it's a symbol. I want to start by that, especially for our viewers who are visual, to have a visual of this. Um, so I will work my way around the nine types. I'd like to start by saying there are three centers of intelligence. And so there are nine, and so there are three types in each of the three centers of intelligence. So I'm going to start at uh, number one, which is actually in the body center. I'll work one through nine. And the, the one is uh, the attention goes to correcting error. And the one is a perfectionist. That's the label most often used. I don't like label. I would say that's the name most often used for the type one. And it may also be a teacher. Sometimes some authors call the type one a teacher or a reformer. Some people identify more with one name other than um, others. The, the one is someone who holds oneself rigidly, tightly, because not only do they see error in the world that needs correcting, uh, there's also an inner critic that drives them to hold themselves correctly as well going to move quickly and there's so much that can be said about each type. I want to give a thumbnail sketch. The type two is actually in the heart center type, two, three, and four. So they lead with the heart center versus the body like type one. The type two is typically called the giver or the helper. And the type two attention goes to the needs of others. And what the type two misses in herself is her own needs. The type two energetically presents, as opposed to holding herself tightly like the type one, um, very bright eyed and bubbly and tends to lean toward because the heart center types want the approval of others. So their attention is very much other directed. The type three is often called the achiever or the performer. And the type three's attention goes to getting tasks done and to looking good in the process. Okay. I lead with type three. So my practice and a sidebar is, is not to view the Enneagram as an astrology map of sorts, but rather um, an inner work map. And by that, I mean, it enables us to soften that those edges of the box you mentioned, we're in a box, but we don't know it. Okay. So the Enneagram enables us to see that and to find our way out of it. So that for the three, for me, my work would be to be less presentational mm. and less on and less task driven all the time and actually to relax and have fun. Okay. <laughs> That's my growth edge. Okay. So <laughs> for the type four, uh, the type four is called the romantic, sometimes called the idealist, also in the heart center. Probably what we think of as the most emotional of all of the nine types. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the attention of the type four goes to what is missing. There's an idealized something out there that I just, if I could just bring that back in. Mm. There, there, there's a core abandonment uh, issue for the four. They feel very deeply and their emotions can be, um, they can be very high and they can be very low and they actually like those um, yummy feelings of sadness sometimes. The type four presents differently, less bubbly from the two and three, even though a heart type, the four has eyes that often look sad and deep. The eyes are usually unusual. I want to move right on to the head center, the five, six, and seven. So we'll do five next, called the observer. And the head center type is very different. It's a cooler energy. It's much more analytical. And the observer misses nothing. <laughs> 
-hmm. It's as the name sounds, they observe. So their attention goes, though, to intrusion. Okay. And anything that might take his energy, because the construct, the mental construct for the five, is that there's not enough time and energy. Yeah. So there's a conservation of both. And when you see the type five, I'm, I'm changing to kind of show the energy. So five almost disappears into the chair by choice. Mm. And it's very mm. still. There's a conservation of movement. The mm. six is called the Doubting Thomas um, sometimes. Um, and the six is a very questioning type. It's also, um, so their attention goes to potential danger hmm. and what would be feared. And they tend to scan the environment. And uh, uh, there's sometimes one can see a scanning. The eyes sometimes appear to be moving back and forth. They also hold themselves somewhat still, but not as still as the five. The six can be much warmer than the five, but there's still a cool analytical energy. The six is also called the skeptic. I want to be sure to say that. Okay. The loyal skeptic. Uh, they're very loyal. I want to move on to type seven then. Um, seven, which you know well, Charles. <laughs> no, and, no, don't talk about it. It <laughs> uh, can be called the epicure, the adventurer. I don't know if there's one title that is more um, true to you as you mm. see yourself. That seven attention goes to future pleasant possibilities mm -hmm. and not having limits placed on him. Mm -hmm. As long as I keep moving and I stay upbeat, then I will be okay. And then the fear that can be part of that five, six, and seven construct goes into the background. Mm -hmm. So the seven keeps moving quickly, mm -hmm. has an innate ability to connect people and ideas and thoughts and things often that are dis disparate and others might not put them together and a real gift mm -hmm. of the seven is to do that and they love knowledge for that reason mm -hmm. moving on to the eight and nine so we're back into the body center where we started with one eight nine and one are at the very top of that symbol that i showed earlier the eight is usually called the boss it's sometimes called the protector Big energy of all the nine types is the biggest. And I was once, I'm, I'm fairly thin, as you know, and once asked in one of the advanced classes to get up and embody an eight. So I made myself as big as I could, and it took a lot of energy. And eights are known for having a lot of energy, and I'm changing my, the voice is usually yeah, big, right. there's resonance. Right. And, right. and their attention goes to power and control. They don't want anyone controlling them and they want to know where the power is in the room and they have a sixth sense for knowing that their mm. attention also goes to protecting others, especially those who are vulnerable or perceived by the eight to be vulnerable and cannot protect themselves. Mm -hmm. yeah. The type nine is at the very top of the Enneagram and the nine is what we call the mediator or the peacemaker. And they tend to see all sides of an issue and their attention tends to go to external demands on them. What that means is that they lose themselves as a self-forgetting type and that they merge with others' activities and that's where they get their energy. Mm. So whereas their voice may be resonant like the age, their body language is much more black. They kind of are the easygoing ones. They like mm. harmony. Uh, their attention will also go to conflict and make sure to deflect that and, and not to have conflict in the situation, which is why they're called a mediator or peacemaker. Awesome. That, that's a quick tour around according yeah. to where attention goes. As you right. said, there are yeah. many dimensions to this system, which is why it's so rich and continues to give back from a self-discovery perspective. Right, right. And I think it, people... Uh, all over the world are, are familiar with that expression where attention goes, the energy flows or yes. the energy flows where attention goes. So um, it, the, the trick is the conscious awareness of that um, energy flow, the, the awareness of that attention, because sometimes that, that attention, I notice it myself. Sometimes my, I'm not consciously aware that my attention is going 
in different directions uh, that it goes at times. And um, as we were talking uh, before the program, uh, the whole thing of checking my email and when I do that, sometimes I, I it can be a trap for me, you know, because I get my attention deflected from where it needs to be. Um, so uh, this is one of the things that I just resonate so much with the work that you do uh, because it, it is very similar and Enneagram kind of gives a framework for understanding these things and understanding the energy flows, which, and I don't want to get ahead of myself again, which makes so much sense for all of the other things that you do that connect with the Enneagram. It just makes total sense. Thank you. And, and that may be another conversation, but I do work with energy. I call myself now an aura intuitive. Mm. I'm very sensitive to people's energy. And that's why when I teach it, I sometimes will use the energy of the type so that people can kind of get a, a, a flavor. And um, I know that energy, as I said earlier, we are all vibration. Mm -hmm. So the inner, um, back to the Enneagram, it can be taught in many levels as well as there are many dimensions to it. And by the levels, I mean there is a somatic aspect to the Enneagram, yes. which we have, have um, explored in this study group that Charles has referred to. And for each type, there's a contraction as one is run by this energy that we're talking about where the attention goes, energy follows. And that can cause a contraction we're not even aware of. That contraction is in the soma or the body someplace mm -hmm. and as we become more aware so for me as a type three when i'm really on and i've taken on a persona to be what i think is all unconscious is effective in the moment even as i talk about there there's a tightening in my um solar plexus mm -hmm. and and so we hold that on that's a and that's a waste of energy and so the somatic aspect of the enneagram is to become aware of that tightness find a resource or place in the body or energy field where there is a relaxation or something positive and then hydrate, which simply means take a process to dip into that positive resource and take yeah. it into the contraction in my solar plexus. I'm doing a, an infinity sign. It doesn't have to be, but I like the energy of infinity symbol. And I can begin to soften that contraction in my solar plexus. So that's the somatic aspect, which ties in so well with the other energy processes that I yes. do as a practitioner. Yes, yeah. So we hit, we've looked at each one of the um, numbers, the types around the circle and everything. Um, I think uh, I'd like to delve into a little bit of the wing influence of those because there's a number on either side of each number. And um, there's a school of thought that says you're either one or the other. There's another school of thought that says, depending upon circumstances and awareness and everything, you may tend to uh, have more influence from one wing under certain circumstances and situations. And in a different situation, you have more influence from your other wing. Talk to us about the wings a little bit. Thank you, Charles. So for each type that I've described very quickly, because there again are many aspects to the types themselves, such as habit of emotion and habit of mind, we don't have mm -hmm. time to go into in this moment. Um, there's a home type. So when I say I lead with type three, there are four, that's my home type. There are four related types. And two of those four related types are what Charles is referring to as wings. And the symbol again is the nine-pointed star is within a circle. So the wings follow the circle on either side of the number. So for me as a type three, I, you can think of the symbol as a clock. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So for a three, I'm going to have on either side a two or a four. So the Enneagram acknowledges that um, we are not static individuals, that we are dynamic and that we, we change from moment to moment, even in a given day. So whereas I may all, always lead with three, I may want to draw on, now that I can be conscious and aware of this map of my inner world, 
there may be instances where I want to draw upon that two and be more two-like. I think of it, if my three is vanilla ice cream, two might be chocolate, and there might be a moment where being a giver is more appropriate, and so I can bring some chocolate ice cream into my vanilla, or if I, if four, I'm very much more four, I love music, as I've said, and I can yeah. sit in an, an orchestra concert and be so deeply moved, and that four might be strawberry. I think of red when I think of the richness mm. of the four, it's just how I see it. Mm -hmm. So then I have more strawberry in my vanilla. So I could be two and four wings, or I may be more dominant in one, and in my case, I'm typically more of a four wing. So that's how the wing works. So to use another example, um, nine at the very top, on the one side has a one, because that's where we start around the symbol, and on the other side is an eight. So a nine may have more of an eight wing or more of a one wing, and my partner has much more of a one wing, leads with nine. But that one wing makes him much more of a perfectionist, <coughs> excuse me, and a little less relaxed as, as a... As a mm -hmm as a, a straight nine. And, and some people have less influence from their wings than others. The influence can be very high or very low, and it can change at different periods in our life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the, 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 the wings, and well, let me take a pause here too, because this is the world according to Gus, and of course, God, universe, spirit. And one of the reasons that, um, we're doing this with self-discovery radio is to bring forth there's so much wisdom uh, there is uh, sophia uh, as it's referred to in the greek uh, the ancient wisdom the perennial wisdom that is not limited to any one particular belief system or religion or whatever and it is whether you refer to god as god or universe or spirit there is this uh, indescribable infinite oneness this power this energy that flows through all things and part of my mission is to bring that unity and to maybe tear down some of the unfortunate walls that have been built up over the centuries and some of the um, unfortunate disparities in the typing and you know, deciding that you're different. There's only one race on the planet and that is the human race. And we have different cultures and different understandings and different belief systems and let's find the unity in those and to celebrate the differences that we discover uh, between ourselves and others as opposed to the tendency to point fingers and find fault and to uh, let people know how wrong they are and how right we are and so this is one of the purposes of this world according to Gus and to explore these types of things and uh, I was personally first introduced to Enneagram as part of my process in entering the Lutheran Church. It was one of the processes that they used in their psychological evaluation. Now, I don't want any emails asking, how did you pass? <laughs> because it, the world knows I'm a little bit nutty, but uh, apparently I did. So, um, but these are... And, Jerry and uh, Jeff and Felicia and some of the other guests that we'll have on the program are going to be sharing some of the things. And I just ask everyone to come with an open mind and let's see and discover how all of these things come together to bring us into a beautiful, energetic oneness, one with Gus. All right. So that being said, uh, let's continue and uh, talk about those other uh, parts. I know you're going now to uh, the integration and disintegration, right? I will talk about those. And, and first, I'd like to piggyback on what you just said, Charles, and that is that the reason I've been working with this system for 25 years and, and became certified and I'm now on the, the international for the narrative enneagram which is the, the certifying school is because i so firmly believe that this can help bring harmony among peoples and that's why we have scholarships we raise money so that we can scholarship people in countries from africa to iceland to ethiopia 
Wow. where the Enneagram has not been. And now we have Enneagram teachers uh, throughout the world. There's a strong program in China. And of course, in Europe, awesome. there are many certified teachers teaching. The, the circle around the Enneagram unifies the oneness. Which, mm -hmm. And the, that habit of attention is literally a lens on the world. Mm -hmm. So the way this teaches compassion is, if my lens is limited to you know tasks and credibility and achievements, I'm missing eight view screens. And this teaches me compassion for, oh, this is why Charles sees the world the way he does. Or this is, you know, why my partner or my family member or my coworker. Yeah. And so I so value this system because it teaches compassion, not only for self, as we become more and more familiar with our inner world and aware, it teaches compassion for those other view screens. And we know that we are all alike. We are all one, yes. as you say. Yes. We are one human race. Beautiful. And I think yep. it's an essential learning, not just a tool. Yes. An essential learning for all of us for that reason. So the other two related types to answer your question, and if this is, is visible enough, there are connecting the nine points, a series of lines, and we call them arrows. And so the arrow connects, so I have a wing as a type three, a two and a four. I also have a line that connects me to type six and to type nine. And it's these lines that create the star of which we speak, the nine-sided star. And in the direction of the arrow is what we think of the stress point. Mm -hmm. So if I'm tired, um, too much going on in my day, maybe low energy, I can take on some of the characteristics of type six, that loyal skeptic. And conversely, if a lot of energy things are going well and I'm just cruising, I can take on some of those characteristics of nine maybe relax a little bit and, and maybe begin to see all sides equally and to be more of a, a peace person in the room versus the one driving the agenda. So I think one can easily see how accessing, again, once I'm aware of the system and how it works, I can choose to draw upon six, which slows me down because I begin to question more and become more analytical and say, what haven't I considered here? Uh, what shoe might drop if I move too quickly and move ahead? Yeah, I already yeah. explained nine pretty well. So for each of the types, I don't know, do we have time for me to go around and describe them or is it more the concept of the arrows as the related types you wanted me to mention? Um, yeah, I think we can, we can uh, start to go around and, and as always, you, this can be a continuation and we can at another program kind of pick up from where we left off, but no, let's, let's do that. I think that's really fascinating. And you touched on mm -hmm. the fact that you can, we can consciously as we learn about ourselves with the Enneagram and I have to do a quick plug. Uh, Jerry was saying that Helen Palmer and Dave Daniels uh, have written many books. May I add the uh, excellent books uh, on this and the book that we use in the uh, in our group is the essential Enneagram that's available on uh, Amazon and you can get it in a Kindle edition or the paperback and it even has uh, the little questionnaire at the beginning to kind of help you begin to discover what your type is if you have no idea and it's it's just an amazing wonderful enriching learning process and um, we're going to get make sure that everybody gets Jerry's information and information about the um, her website, and uh, you can contact her. <coughs> excuse me, contact her. The narrative enneagram has a a website, and you can maybe find someone in your area that can help you along. So, go ahead, Jerry. Thank you, Charles, and I will again piggyback and say that the narrative enneagram's website is worldwide. Enneagramworldwide.com, www.enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, worldwide.com. And on there, there's also a test, and I think it's $10, and the book is only eight, so you're ahead to buy the book. And they have videos of different type exemplars. There's a wealth of information on that website. So I'm going to start with point one again, back to the arrows. And again, this, this stress and secure type are the other two of the four related types to the home type. So for one under stress, the arrow goes down to type four. 
so that had they have access to their heart the one again in the body sometimes not easy to have access to the feelings so that stress you mean i have to feel more when i'm when i'm compromised and i'm tired well yes it can be a resource for you and then the secure point is type seven so the ones will say when i go on vacation i can just relax i don't hold myself so tightly and i can have fun because when you're on vacation you're supposed to have fun yeah. and so you'll hear one say that the type two the arrow uh, to stress point goes to the eight and so the two usually upbeat cheerful i'm going to help you they're helping to get their own needs met and i've heard two say in panels when i don't get my own needs met the anger comes up and i can start throwing things i literally heard a, a dean of women at a college say this <laughs> i start throwing things now that's not a wow. positive example for the two though going to eight maybe they become more justice centered and um, take on some of the protective which which fits into the helping others but it's a very different energy for the two so that would be their stress point their secure point would be type four so type four was the stress point of one but it's secure of two and so for the two to go to four they may have more access finally to their own heart as opposed to being externally driven by the needs of others it can bring them in because the four is more inner directed much more inner directed than the two the three we started with we already talked about so i go to six under stress and nine under nine under stress excuse me six under security going to the type four so the four again there's a line between four and one but now it's going in the opposite direction so for the four one is the secure point ah. and fours will talk about how that one instead of being all over the place with my emotions and idealistic and yumminess which sounds wonderful i will i hear four say well going to one is stabilizing because i can see oh it's either this or it's that it's not all this messiness in between not to say the four is messy per se but it's a stabilizing uh, more certain place going to one okay. and then for four they're back to two because there's that line but two is their stress point so the four may, maybe this i can become more other directed and less in me right now when i go to two i'm more open to the needs of others so it, it's also opening them in a way the five so the five connects to both seven and to eight so for the five going against the arrow to point eight that's their secure point the five at eight becomes a, a more certain and a bigger energy they come out more so instead of so protracted and into themselves and observing, they're going to be a bigger energy and come out more into the world. They may come more into their own power. They may actually become more controlling. Mm -hmm. So they're taking on a very different energy, if you will, and construct. Now, I want to be very clear that going to one of the stress or secure points does not make that five and eight. Right. Rather, there are eight qualities in that personality construct that makes up the eight that the five can draw on when this is all unconscious the five draws on it automatically and may right. become angry and domineering and not know what happened you know this right. five right. back they're observing and quiet so the arrow then to seven would be the stress point and for fives at seven they have a greater capacity to connect thoughts and ideas and, and i've seen fives become more not so much outgoing but energetically engaged in the moment rather than back here figuring it out first they can be more immediately there with all these ideas and thoughts and connecting things it's kind mm -hmm. of fun to see the energy mm -hmm. so that oddly enough is the stress point for the five and and so you can see how whether it's stress or secure point there are different kinds of resources that add to the mix of the home type all right moving on right. to six we've already that six goes to three because we talked about that line from three to six so for the six to go to three that's that six is secure point and the six can become um, move a little more quickly uh, a little less scanning of the hazard and therefore reluctant to move ahead quickly to walk quickly they can 
can do that a little more easily, more comfortably. When they go to nine, so the nine that is going to be for the six, um, their, um, sec their secure point, six going to three, excuse me, is stress. I think I said that backwards. I'm moving too fast. <laughs> they can take on the three and move quickly. They go to their secure point at nine. And uh -huh. so the six can become more easygoing at nine. They actually relax and there's less of that. Um, I've seen this in six is less of that second guessing themselves. The six will even doubt themselves the doubting Thomas aspect of the six. Mm. So when I go to seven then, I'm going to go to the stress point first in seven um, because that takes the seven to one. And I've heard some sevens say, you know, it, it slows me down and I have to be more detail oriented and make sure I get things right. Yeah. Maybe there's a time for that. And yeah. there's another yeah. time when it's frustrating <laughs> if you want to yeah. move quickly and on to the next fun thing or interesting thing. Right. For the seven. Right. And so then the seven's also connected to the five. So the five is the secure point. And I've heard seven states, you can tell me if this is true for you, Charles, that that's kind of where um, they go into a man cave, whether it's a man or a woman, there's a place at five where they can recharge batteries. Yes. And, and just take it all in and maybe be a little more um, introspective. Yes. Instead of, you know, so, so much of the busyness. Yes. It's for yeah. you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the times when uh, just to, um, on rare occasions, there's those days where I just stay home, uh, I, maybe in my home office, my, that's my man cave. Um, and just to, to sit and read and just do whatever. Um, and as you say, recharge the batteries. So yeah, those are, are precious times. And that one, that one analogy was true. I find myself as a leading with seven. Um, I don't like to be bothered with the details, but there mm -hmm. are occasions when I, uh, particularly in the positions of leadership that I hold, I have to be. Uh, it's, it goes with the territory and it's um, a bit irresponsible if I don't. So that's where I, I need to be able to draw on that one and bring out that perfectionism so so you can see well, how that that serves you even though it's the stress point having knowing that you can draw on that one yes yeah and, yeah and yes well it's a stress point still because it's like i don't want to do this you don't want to <laughs> well said that's well taken uh two more i want to finish the eight and nine eight again the boss or the protector under stress is going to connect to five so you have this big energy that five is probably the most contracted energy of, of the Enneagram. And so it, it too for eight is a place to regroup and to become more um, thoughtful and less acting so rapidly. There's a saying in eight world, it's ready, fire, aim. Yeah. <laughs> so at five, there's going to be less of that, even though that's a stress point. And it's going to be that the eights feel a little and shut down by that. It's not particularly comfortable. So when the eight goes to two, the other connecting line, that being the secure point, um, eights with a strong connection to two, their heart feels more developed to the rest of us as we encounter them. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's that less ready fire aim, there's a, oh, um, there's someone out here who, who has a need that doesn't just need protecting, it's a more refined need and I can be in my heart and, and be present to that person in a way that is less over the top in terms of my energy and my go ahead challenging. Sometimes the eight's also called the challenger, challenging nature. It's a softening in a way of the eight and that's a secure point. For the nine, so the nine under security is going to go to point three and I'll hear nines say that, oh, I like going to three because it gives me some energy. I lose, I'm not in that place of inertia. For, for nines, because they don't know their own heart and their own agenda, there's an inertia that is difficult to get moving. Once they get moving, they can travel pretty well. So that three gives them some of that go ahead, get it done energy and focus that at nine in their home point they might lack. Then going to six is that stress point. So they can become more fearful, uh, more questioning at six, and wake up a little, ironically, from this having lost themselves. Oh, I, I better be a little more vigilant here. 
so mm. that that six flavors, if you will, that nine in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to summarize, we ended at nine and just to use that, the nine could have a wing of one or eight on either side, two of the related types, or go to three or six, three under security, six under stress, the other two related types. So you begin to see how this is a very dynamic system that acknowledges we are dynamic human beings. Absolutely. It's, it's just so amazing. It's so phenomenal. Um, and I, I thank Gus that I found you and uh, just the growth in understanding and the ability to observe. Um, and this is one of the things that I find. I, I look at and I've done some uh, fairly extensive reading myself. You know, there, there are many um, authors on Enneagram, um, uh, B. Chestnut. Um, uh, I actually, uh, my first exposure was uh, Peter Peter Wagner, I believe it was. Um, Jerry, Jerry Wagner. Jerry Wagner, yeah. That, uh, that was what the um, denomination used his uh, uh, instruments and book and whatnot. Um, not to poo-poo any of them being uh, true to my seven uh, assimilation. <laughs> I kind of take them all in and, and there's, there's good stuff in all of them. We are, as Jerry's pointing out, dynamic uh, creatures. So we are ever, hopefully we are ever learning and growing. Um, as we are open to that and as we um, really pursue that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> as we pursue that growth, and development, um, just amazing things begin to happen. And that power of choice. Uh, Jerry, you said something early on in the program about um, just that that whole thing of, of responsibility and choosing, um, knowing that we have the ability to choose. There are certain innate qualities that we have but depending upon what the situation is calling for. And I ask many of my clients, who do you need to become in order to fulfill this dream that you have or this goal that you're, uh, what do you need to call up that is within yourself? And um, we all have, I heard you say at one of our group meetings, um, there is a bit of all of the numbers in each of us as you have just demonstrated by our connections to the uh, uh, through our uh, stress points and uh, our distress uh, points and our wings and whatnot. Next time we get together, that we would like to explore maybe a little bit more around the harmony triads uh, that David Daniels came up with and how that brings uh, each number type. Um, a connection to each one of the three centers right uh, and uh, we talk about the uh, the 27 subtypes <laughs> with the uh, one-to-one and the self-preservation and the social aspects of how uh, the numbers um, how the types kind of interact and everything and seeing uh, it, it, again it's just so fascinating when we begin to see how amazing we all each and every one of us are and we're all unique there's never been a jerry before there ne will never again be one just like you and um i'm looking forward to hearing you tinkle the ivories she's talking about her music and everything but she didn't uh allude to the fact she was probably a concert pianist and isn't a <laughs> not, not nearly that good Charles unfortunately <laughs> but thank you no not that good <laughs> but I love the um, mention that you made uh, a few weeks ago about how that has um, is and can be um, a uh, place of uh, restoring and healing for you that you yes, need to absolutely. Maybe make more use of at times yeah. yes yeah. Yes, absolutely. And it's tough when you're on a mission to uh, change the world. So <laughs> that's right. I got to stay focused on that mission. You know, after all, I leave it. 
Uh, and we and we have to stick together too. Uh, Jerry, thank you so much for this uh, wealth of information. I, I so want to keep going into some of these other areas, but I want to make sure that we have enough time to do that. And I, I really hope that for um, our audience today that we have wet some appetites and uh, have encouraged some people to look at worldwideenneagram.com find that and then jerry is uh, can be found at uh what is that uh energy, energy. .com. that's right thank yeah. you charles i appreciated this opportunity and enjoyed our time together yes and you got a promise before gus and all of our audience you will come back at some point in the future and share more with us i'd be happy to thank you Awesome. Thank you so much, Jerry. We've been sharing our time today on the world, according to Gus, with my friend Jerry Fathauer, and she has uh, just opened up so many things around the Enneagram, an amazing teacher. I don't know if you noticed, those of you who are watching this by video, but how she brought all three centers, you could see and feel the heart changes and her body language as she was demonstrating as well as speaking forth these truths and everything. So open up all of your conscious awareness to the total movement of the power of Gus in the world and let Gus be a blessing to you. And then you turn around and bless somebody else. How's that sound? That's it for this episode, this edition of The World According to Gus. We'll see you next time. For shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcast and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.